Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon and a happy Friday to you and yours. March 31st, we will say goodbye to the third month of the year. And tomorrow we'll begin April. No April Fool's jokes tomorrow. Nobody likes those, so don't do it. Um, anyway, it's great to be with you. We're here for two hours. Lots to talk about. Some really good guests on hand. And uh, let, let's just get right into the action because my main man, James Mesh, sitting inside the producer's room studio inside the Evco Development Studios. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. James is spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons right there on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. Go a little bit further west down the interstate or on 1041 Lake Charles, KLCJ. We are Streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, well, you can turn your television set on because we're also simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, I knew it would be a raucous crowd. I did not know it would be the largest paid attendance crowd in LSU baseball history. 13,068 in one of the most highly anticipated LSU regular season baseball games in program history. And boy, it did not disappoint. Paul Skeens was terrific. Gavin Dugas and Jordan Thompson came through with clutch hits. Number one LSU defeated number 10 Tennessee 5-2 to two to claim game one of the series. Um, Skeens was terrific. The matchup between himself and Chase Dolander from Tennessee, well, it, it was a, as advertised through four innings. Skeen's got the better of things down the road. He didn't get the decision, uh, but LSU got the win. And Skeen's, his box score, well, he's just uh, picked seven innings, gave up five hits, one run. It was an earned run. He struck out 12, and he walked only one. Skeen's ERA now for the season, <laughs> 0.8. One, 0.81. That is crazy. Crazy. Jordan Thompson um, drove in three runs with a bases clearing double in the eighth to get LSU a five to two lead. Garrett Edwards came in and picks the last inning in two thirds. 
and uh, got the win. So LSU improves to 23 and three overall. More importantly, five and two in the SEC. Ty Floyd will get the ball from Jake Johnson today with a first pitch at six o'clock. So LSU baseball getting it done um, in front of a great, great crowd. Uh, just spectacular. Spectacular. It's finally here, ladies and gentlemen. The LSU women's basketball team will try to do what no other LSU basketball team has ever done, and that's to win a game in the Final Four, making their first appearance in this classic since 2008. Angel Reese, Alexis Morris, and company, can they get it done? We will go to Dallas. To begin our show today, in just a few minutes, Patrick Wright will join us. He is, of course, the voice of the LSU women's basketball. We'll get his take on the LSU side of things. Mark Berman covers Virginia Tech women's basketball for the Roanoke News. We'll get his opinion on Elizabeth Kitley and the rest of the Hokies. In our number two, we had him on yesterday from D1 Baseball, Mark Etheridge. He was there in attendance. I just wanted to get his viewpoint on the pitching duel, the environment. He'll join us at 3 o'clock. And then George Faust from KLFY will join us. And then George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will make our weekly Friday picks. We'll pick the women's Final Four. We'll pick the men's Final Four make some major league baseball predictions and whatnot. Um, nobody feels sorry for the Pels when they come up and they don't have their full complement of players. So nobody was going to grimace when the goal, the, the Denver Nuggets rolled out without their best player, Nikola Jokic. And the Pels took care of business last night. A surprising win in surprising fashion. They beat the Denver Nuggets 107 to 88. 107 to 88. And as you heard in the two-minute drill, the Pels are now the seventh seed. They are 39 and 38. Minnesota Timberwolves are also 39 and 38, but the Pels have the advantage in their head-to-head matchup there. Uh, the Pels are a half a game ahead of the ninth-seeded Lakers, a full game ahead of the 10th-seeded Thunder. More importantly, they are two games ahead of the Dallas Mavericks, who are on the outside looking in. Now, believe it or not, with um, five games to play, Four of them at home. Five games left. The Pels are only one game out of sixth, two games out of fifth. We'd have to pass up the Golden State Warriors and the L.A. Clippers. But so far, so good. Surprising, very surprising that the the Pelicans, not only did they beat Denver on the road, but they beat the L.A. Clippers on the road. So there are five remaining games. The Clippers come to the Smoothie King Center on Saturday. Sacramento Kings come on Tuesday. Memphis Grizzlies on Wednesday. The Knicks come to town on Friday. You got four games at home. 
Uh, the Kings have nothing to play for. The Grizzlies have nothing to play for. Maybe they rest some people. Boy, you went three out of four at home. Not only are you in, but you might be out of the play-in and into the actual playoffs. So, so we shall see. But a very surprising, unexpected win. But you take it and you run with it. You run with it. Absolutely. Um, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals have agreed on a pact amid some contract talks. He's not a free agent until after 2004, but they're going to get a long-term extension done. They just aren't going to talk about it. It's going to be a real surprise when it does come out, but it's going to come out and it's going to get done. Um, in an all-conference USA NIT championship matchup, North Texas beat UAB to claim uh, what used to be a really good tournament. Nobody pays much attention to it anymore. Um, but um, congratulations to North Texas for winning the NIT. Uh, when they break down the women's Final Four, of course, the best player in the business is Caitlin Clark. In ranking the top 25 players in this Final Four, Angel Reese is number two. Then you've got Georgia Amor from Virginia Tech at four and the big center, Elizabeth Kitley, at number five. The next LSU player to come up is Alexis Morris at number eight. At number eight. So going to be a tough, tough matchup. We'll delve into it and all here in just a minute so that's our that's our friday show for you can't wait to get to it so let's take our first time out of the day when we return we'll head to dallas patrick wright the voice of the lsu lady tigers joins us next this is the jordy holberg show on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros it is crawfish time and the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles has given you a chance to win everything you need to throw the ultimate crawfish boil party it's the game's ultimate crawfish boil giveaway cooked up by saint landry lumber Cody's Crawfish, Iron Horse Sales, and Service. Go register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score a $500 Visa gift card, a boiling pot, a burner, a paddle, ice chest, tumblers, chairs, and two giant sacks of live crawfish. Plus, we are throwing in a pair of Astros tickets. Enter now. It's the ultimate crawfish boil giveaway cooked up by saint landry lumber cody's crawfish iron horse sales and service and the game tune in every weekday at 8 15 a.m and 3 15 p.m for the lsu sports update presented by tibbs trailers here on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station and we are back in uh, less than four hours. LSU will hope to keep their dream season alive in Dallas when they tip it off against Virginia Tech. It's been 15 years since the Tigers went to the Final Four, but it's their sixth overall appearance. He's been to every one of them as the voice of the 
LSU women's basketball program. We're thrilled in Dallas for the call of tonight's game. Patrick Wright joining us. Patrick, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Doing good, Jordy. It's just that last calm uh, few hours. You know, just the yeah. team just had their uh, their pregame meal and just taking a little time in the hotel to get our final thoughts together before we head over about four o'clock. Ah, that's awesome. I said you've been to all of them. How does this one feel compared to the other ones that you've been to? Well, uh, you know, from a an event standpoint, this event itself has grown a lot in the 15 yeah. years as far as media coverage and as far as just hoopla. I mean, it was, you know, it was a big deal back when we started going, but it's like the Final Four is a huge deal now, and that's a, right. it's a good thing for the sport. You know, it's a... Uh, just lots of media attention. Lots of people are here. Lots of uh, and so just the event itself feels bigger now. From from an LSU standpoint, I feel like this team is as best as they can is uh, is trying to focus on basketball. They got here on Tuesday evening, um, and I got here yesterday. Um, but ever since they've been here, they have been pulled in a million different directions. They've been uh, you know, all the things they had to do yesterday. Now, they got to go to a gift center, and they got the, their gift twice from the NCAA. Uh, but they've had ESPN has, has pulled, and uh, just they've been uh, – they right. went to a pep rally last night that was held just around the corner. So the kids have been through a lot. So hopefully today has just kind of been a normal basketball day. We go to practice, we come, we eat, we rest, and we head over. Um, so it's been busy, it's hectic, and, and we'll see how, how the kids handle it. Um, you go to practice. Um, what's what do you think Kim's point of emphasis is against this uh, very good number one seed uh, Virginia Tech club? Well, that point of emphasis, I think, is going to be still to try to first of all make a few shots. LSU is going to have yeah. to make some more shots than they've made. I, I think these last few games in the tournament. I don't think you're going to hold Virginia Tech to 42 or 50 right. points. Um, they've got a big six-six kid, Elizabeth Kitley, who's an All-American, averaging um, 18 points, 10 rebounds a game. Uh, at six foot six, she's going to be a matchup issue. But you know, Angel Reese is going to be an, a matchup issue for her as well. Right. And I'm curious to see how LSU is going to go at Kitley um, and who's going to get the assignment to defend her. And Angel Reese is, has shown, for the most part, she can defend without fouling. Then their second leading scorer, a kid named Georgia Amor. I watched her for the She's first good. time when they played Ohio State. The kid yeah. will shoot it from anywhere, uh, yeah. and it doesn't matter if there's people in the neighborhood. She was four for eleven in that game, shooting threes. Um, Got to keep her from going crazy, hitting seven or eight. Then the the thing that stands out the most about them is they literally go six deep. Um, that's all they played. That's all they played in the tournament outside for a minute or two for a couple of random players here or there. If you could somehow get them in foul trouble, they got in foul mm -hmm. trouble in the Tennessee game, but managed to win that game anyway. Um, but if Angel can get to the free throw line 11, 12 times like she typically does, that means somebody's fouling. So right. they are so um, numbers wise, so thin on their rotation. I think you've got to be aggressive and see if you can get them to foul you. Patrick Wright with us. You mentioned shooting. LSU's made 11 of 58 from downtown. That's just 19%. So uh, they can't shoot any uh, – knock on wood. They can't shoot any worse than they did against Miami. But what they do is they defend – they rebound the basketball. So if you can defend, rebound, take care of the basketball, and to your point, get to the free throw line and make free throws, that's LSU's formula for winning. Agreed. Yeah, they're, they're, 
there, yeah, no, no doubt. And you know, LSU has taken care of the basketball very well in the tournament, and and Virginia Tech is not a team that forces a ton of turnover. So that right. I don't think is going to be an issue. Um, they did have a rough night shooting free throws against Miami. That's kind of been the outlier. They've been pretty good at the line when they've been there. So you don't want to continue that trend. But but the thing is, those outside shots, if you can hit a few of them, mm-hmm. it'll open up the middle because it has been absolutely clogged up in the middle. You know, if you get right. the ball to Angel Reese, she's got what seems like eight players on her. I, I, I thought they could only play five, but it seems like there's eight <laughs> out there on her at times. And um, you know, and, and that's messed up her shot a little bit. She's usually good at kicking out, but you got to hit some. I mean, even if, even if it's not threes, just some mid range. Give me Absolutely. some fourteen or fifteen footers to yeah. to yeah. just open up space a little bit and uh, and and let LSU create. Yeah. You know, and that's right. if they can get if they can flow the offense, I think they're going to be fine. But that that's the big if that we just haven't seen yet in any of the four games in the tournament. And if they can turn Virginia Tech open and get Alexis Morris in the open court where she can do her thing, that certainly bodes well. Patrick Wright with us. Um, What's it like for Kim Mulkey? I mean, the the woman is, is a rock star. I mean, she is almost bigger than the tournament itself. It's kind of remarkable. How is she, what's her demeanor been like through all of this? You know, it, she is, and, and it should, really shouldn't be the shock. I mean, she's same old Kim, you know, yeah. she's, um, cause she's been here into the state and she knows how it works. And, you know, a couple of her staff members who have been with her, but outside of that, you know, none of the kids have, but, right. but she isn't overexcited. She's not underexcited. She's not overhyped. She's not underhyped. She's just, she, she told the kids earlier today, you know, Hey, look, you have fun. This is what you work so hard for. Let, let's, let's enjoy this. But she is uh, she's kind of kind of nursing them along and 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 not getting too up or too down, just being real, you know. And, and which is yeah. what she has been ever since she got here, and what she will be until the day she's no longer around. And that's that that's just her being her. And right, um, she's not going to change. You know, she she's going to be her, and the kids know what to expect from her. And that, I think that's a good a good thing. Um, she's trying to to keep it kind of light. I think she realizes these kids know there's a lot of pressure, I and mean, it's a big deal. Yeah. But um, they had a good practice today. They were loose. It looked like any regular practice. I don't sense tightness among this group. Okay. How are the basketballs bouncing? That seemed to be a, a big <laughs> issue. So are the balls bouncing normally now? You know, I, I hope so. And I, I thought that was just – I didn't put a lot of stock into it until the Miami game. I noticed, you know, like Alexis Morris laid a ball off the glass and then it clanged around the rim and popped out and then – Angel Reese missed a free throw that hit the back iron and and caromed all the way out to the three point line. And at that point, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man, maybe there is something to all of this. Um, and I, I happened when we walked in the building yesterday for practice. Um, there was a, a lady who was working the tournament that Coach Mulkey apparently has known for a long time. Um, the lady said to Coach Mulkey, "said I, we got the, the the balls are at the perfect air pressure. We we got you this week." So <laughs> I, she was kind of half joking and half serious, I think. Yeah. So by all accounts, uh, the basketballs are going to be at the proper air pressure. But um, I, I'm not sure there wasn't something to it. So uh, hopefully they got that <laughs> fixed know, it, at the most it was important obvious. time. I saw Alexis Morris dribble once, and she just 
put it down on the deck and it went all the way over her head on the bounce back. So there was definitely something to it. Uh, Patrick Wright with us there. The largest paid attendance in LSU baseball history to watch LSU Tennessee last night, mm-hmm. over 13,000. What's the LSU contingency look like in Dallas? Well, I, you know, from all accounts that I've been able to see in person, there's, there's a lot of purple and gold around. I asked, um, our uh, our ticket manager, how many tickets LSU got? She said something like 560, which that oh. seemed like a very tiny number. The, the yeah. arena seats about 20,000. Uh, but you know how these final fours go? It's a uh, uh, hopefully a lot of the locals, you know, the people, the corporations, whatever, who get tickets. Right. Hopefully, that if they end up, which I'm sure they do, end up out on the uh, the open market. I'm sure a lot of LSU fans in this area got them. I think we're going to have a good loud contingent tonight. They may not. <laughs> be all clustered in the same area, but I think there's going to be a lot of uh, purple and gold. And I've, I've seen a lot of, a lot of Iowa Hawkeye people around as well. Um, as far as Virginia Tech, I haven't seen as many of those. I think we're going to have the numbers advantage as far as fans go in the crowd tonight. I don't know what Kim Mulkey's wearing tonight, but come on, Patrick, right? You got to step up your wardrobe, man. You got to get some of that sparkle city on you, dude. Come on, right? Wow. No, I, you know, you, you gotta, <laughs> you can't steal a show in somebody's <laughs> act, you know? Uh, so I'm going to leave that to, to the coach. That's her gig and she owns it. And, and I'm not going to, not going to try to bust into that at all. That, that's what she I'll does. And we're going to let her go with it. You know, Patrick, there was a point in time where you probably, as an announcer, said this is going to happen every year because you went four straight years to it. Then then there was a little gap, and then there was a huge gap till you got to this point. What does this mean for you? Well, what it means is that, that we're back to where this is a possibility. You know, every now – we can go into every season now, kind of like we did back in the Simone and Sylvia days. Yeah. When you tip off the ball in November, you know you've. It's not just a dream. It's not a you know a, a hundred teams can say, oh, we got a dream of going to the Final Four, but they don't really mean it. You know, right? LSU right. legitimately every time we tip off the ball in November can say, hey, this is the season where we can get to the Final Four. It's not a guarantee. It may or may not mm-hmm. happen. But it's a possibility. It's not a pipe yeah. dream, and that's right. that means a lot when you know that you're you're playing for something, and that your goal isn't hey hey maybe we can make the tournament this year. No, it's hey maybe we can make the final four again this year, and that that's what it means to me. I'll leave it on this one. You've seen this team through every game. You've seen the the great games, like the Michigan game. You saw some tough losses, like the South Carolina, and you saw the blown lead against Tennessee. I'll leave you with this question. LSU will advance to the national championship game if they do what? Against Shoot Virginia over Tech. about 43% from the floor. Because I think they're going to do all the other things they do well. If they can get a little over 40% of the baskets into the bucket, I think they win the game. You're the best. Hey, have a great – I know you'll be great at what yeah, – you're great at what you do. Uh, and this is a broadcaster's dream. You're on the biggest stage. Um, enjoy every minute of it. And as always, thank you so much uh, for your time. Um, I wish I could talk to you on Sunday, but – I can't because I don't have a show, but I'm I'm hoping that uh, you'll still be putting the headsets on on Sunday and do something that no LSU men's or women's team has ever done, and that's to actually win a game at the Final Four. I feel like uh, like I told uh, somebody else earlier today on a different show uh, that um, you know, I've gotten some bad luck on some of these uh, on these Final Four games. I'm about to do pocket aces on a deal. Hopefully today's that day. 
Patrick Wright, all the best, buddy. Thank you so much. All right, Jordy. Thank you. All right. We'll take a quick time out. That was Patrick with the LSU point of view. We'll figure out more about Virginia Tech. Good ball club. Mark Berman, who covers them, will join us next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're brought to you each and every day by ShopRite, Tobacco Plus discount outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. By Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon in Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery. You can't win until you start playing. So start playing by D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon. Everything you need for your travel and also that true soul food deli tucked away in the corner. Best cheeseburger ever. And by Cajun Chef right there in St. Martinville for years and years and years. Do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back on this uh, Friday and the final day of the month of March. In about three and a half hours, uh, all the talking stops, all the, the guessing stops, and it's time to watch basketball. LSU, a three seed against Virginia Tech, the one seed in their side of the bracket um, with a right for the winner to advance to the national championship game Sunday afternoon. We heard the LSU perspective of things. Uh, Mark Berman uh, is a sports writer for the Roanoke Times. Part of his gig is to talk about Virginia Tech basketball, men and, and sometimes the women. And he's done some articles on the women. I thought it'd be great to get him. He's kind enough to agree. And he joins us here today. Mark, good afternoon. Thank you for the time. How are things for you, my friend? Greetings from Dallas. Yes. How's the how's the hokey um support in have, have they have they come in waves to Dallas? Well, you know, they were they had a good number of people there at the open practices on uh, Thursday. Uh and so uh you know, I, I would expect them to uh obviously uh to be out there uh on Friday, I mean, uh, today, but uh, obviously not as many uh, I'm sure as the LSU contingent with their proximity to uh, to Dallas. I got gotcha. you. Um Everybody knows about Elizabeth Kitley. Um, she's she's a double double, big six six senior. But man, I tell you what, I I, I just love the guard play of Georgia Amore. Uh, I, I think her involvement has just made this team so much better. You tell me, you tell me what you think about this Virginia Tech basketball team. Yeah, obviously Georgia Amore, their uh, junior point guard from Australia. Uh, you know, she's during their fifteen game winning streak. She has really emerged as kind of a uh, a, uh, a co MVP, so to speak, uh, with uh, with Elizabeth Kitley. Uh, they're a two time ACC Player of the Year and, and uh, second team All American. Um, you know, uh, Amor has, has has become someone who can you know is putting up twenty points a game, and uh, you know is showing that. Uh, and obviously, she's made twenty three pointers uh, mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament. Uh, she was the uh, most outstanding player of both the ACC tournament that they won. And the uh, the Seattle Regional they were in. So uh, yes, uh, uh, you know Elizabeth Kitley is, is the is the star center. 
But uh, Georgia A. Moore has come on and uh, has turned into, uh, you know, uh, just as, as valuable, if not more, uh, no than question. Elizabeth Kitley. Um, Mark Berman with us. Kenny Brooks, outstanding coach. Don't have a lot of depth. They only play about six players. Um, has that ever reared its ugly head against some teams where you got into foul trouble and had nowhere to go? Uh, you know, it, obviously, it, it has not hurt them during this winning streak. Uh, you know, that's going to be a big key for them tonight. Uh, you know, they can't get into foul trouble right. while uh, guarding uh, Angel Reese. Obviously, Angel Reese is a knack for uh, for drawing fouls and getting the free throw line. They got to be. They know they have to be very careful with that because you know they can't can't afford uh, foul trouble. Um, it, there was a, a situation in Seattle where uh, Elizabeth Kitley got into foul trouble, and. Uh, uh, you know, she, she uh, missed a part of the, the latter part of the uh, second quarter, and mm-hmm. um, the lead actually, to my amazement, grew with her out of the game. So that you know that that showed uh, that instant recently in the NCAA tournament where um, uh, you know where Kitley was in foul trouble, and uh, right. you know they they still persevered and uh, increased their lead in that game uh, with Kitley uh, on the bench. So obviously, uh, you know. They they want to have uh, they don't want to have anybody in foul trouble, but obviously um, it's it, you know it was it was big in that game in the Sweet Sixteen against tennis against uh, 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 that that game in the NCAA tournament where uh, Kitley got into a foul trouble and right. uh, and they persevered. So um, uh, we'll see what you know, but but obviously it's, it's going to be key that uh, you know they they uh, they don't want to uh, to to have her on the bench um, in this in this important game. Um, the, um, uh, you know, um, so we'll see how how that works. But yeah, that's you know they don't have they don't play a lot of players. Brooks doesn't mm-hmm. have a doesn't like to play a lot of players, and um, and so we'll see if that hurts them tonight or not. Yeah, um, Taylor Sule is, is another uh, really good player. I thought um, I thought Kayla King was critical uh, against Ohio State. Uh, I remember she was not – I think she made three out of four from downtown. She was uh, a perfect three for three from the free throw line. She got into a little bit of foul trouble, uh, but her spark in the first half. So, I mean, it, it seems to me that everybody on the court can be a scoring threat at any time. Yeah, you know Taylor Soul, they're a power forward. Um, you know she'll be the one guarding um, Angel Reese tonight, so she'll obviously uh-huh. play a very important factor defensively. You know, um, uh, in terms of trying to contain Reese, trying to keep her off the offensive glass, uh, and then of course Kayla King and Kayana Trailer uh, starting on the wing there. Uh, you know that's a key thing early. You know, if you see early, if, if Amor's making threes, King's making threes. Trailers yeah. making threes. You know, if, if they're they're coming out of the gates in the first quarter, and if, you know each of them each of them has a three, that's going to be a bad sign for Tennessee because you know I mean that's or LSU. Bad, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, LSU will be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, no doubt LSU they're making threes. Them, you know, LSU doesn't want to be making twos while the Hokies are uh, are raining threes there. Yeah, yeah. What is this? Uh, what is the significance? What What has it been like in Blacksburg um, with this team and what they've accomplished? Um, and, you know, what is the, what's the what's the meaning of all of this? Well, you know, they they uh, they got to host the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament, and yeah. uh, you know, they drew sellout crowds to Castle Coliseum. Um, that's awesome. You know, that was uh, uh, you know, and of course, you know, that's been that you know, that's been the goal for several years now. Is uh, you know, they wanted to. Uh, 
to be uh, to get in a high enough seed so they could host, and which they hadn't had had not done uh, at Tech since uh, 2004. And so it was a big deal for them to obviously being a one seed. That meant they got to stay at home for the first two rounds, and mm-hmm. they won those two games in front of packed houses. Uh, so that was big for them, uh, uh, you know, to get to host the first two rounds. What's Kenny Brooks like? Well, you know, Brooks is, uh, you know, uh, it's done a, you know, it's, it's in his seventh season uh, at Virginia Tech. Um, uh, you, you know, got his start uh, coaching on the men's side, um, uh, Virginia, Virginia Military Institute as an assistant coach, and at his alma mater, uh, James Madison as an assistant coach. And then as the father of three girls, he decided that, you know, uh, who were obviously young at the time, he decided, let me switch over to women's basketball so I can coach them mm. someday. And he turned mm. into uh, an assistant coach at JMU on the women's side and then became the head coach and then uh, moved over to Virginia Tech. And, uh, uh, you know, he's done a phenomenal job of, of making Virginia Tech women's basketball relevant again from turning them awesome. to uh, from a WNIT team into a, an NCAA tournament team, from turning them into an ACC uh, also ran into an ACC tournament champion. And, uh, you know, he's just done a great job. And, and you know, he, he's been able to, uh, you know, get players like uh, Georgia Amor from Australia. He's, he's got Elizabeth Kitley uh, from uh, North Carolina, the state of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, um and got people like Taylor Soul and uh, Kiana Trailer out of the transfer portal. So he's kind of wow. built this team in a, in a number of different ways. You know, high school recruits like uh-huh. Elizabeth Kitley and Kayla King, an international uh, high school recruit like Georgia Amore, and then some really big uh, all-conference type players out of the transfer portal in uh, Taylor Soul from Boston College and uh, Kiana Trailer uh, from Purdue. What impresses you about? LSU and what what do you think they do that may cause some issues for Tech? Well, obviously Tech knows how good LSU is uh, rebounding and how good Angel Reese is re- rebounding, and so uh, you know that's going to be key for them. Is you know uh, are they going to get killed on the glass or is it going to be fairly even? You know is is mm-hmm. is, uh, is Angel Reese going to be getting tons of offensive rebounds and putbacks or are they going to be able to uh, to kind of uh, keep her somewhat in check? Okay. Uh, you know uh, that's that's going to be you know very key. They know that uh, how, and of course, obviously, they saw from the Miami game how good LSU was on the defense and uh, what they did to uh, to keep Miami in check. So uh, they know they have the work cut out for them. All right, uh, Mark Berman in Dallas covering uh, Virginia Tech for the Roanoke Times. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked your LSU counterpart. Virginia Tech will advance to Sunday's national championship game if they do what against LSU? Uh, I think if they, you know, hang with LSU on the boards, if they you know, get, make their threes, and uh, if they uh, limit their uh, limit their turnovers, and so you know they're getting uh, the possession game is going to be fairly okay. even in that case, and and you know Tech presumably Tech's threes will have more, you know, will uh, have more weight than uh, LSU's two point baskets. Mark, I can't thank you enough. Um, Enjoy every minute of it. I really do appreciate your time, and thank you, and good luck. All right, enjoy the game tonight. Take care. Mark Berman with the Roanoke Times. And he's right. Look, basketball is not a difficult thing to figure out. But for LSU to win, these things have to happen. Number one, they got to defend like crazy. They got to guard that three point line. Number two, that they have to do what they've done all year long. They have got to rebound the basketball. Number three, don't turn it over. Get possessions. Don't turn it over. Number four, get to the free throw line. And number five, as always, you got to keep your key players in the game. Can't get in foul trouble. 
Can't get in foul trouble. Defend like crazy without fouling. Rebound the basketball. Limit your turnovers. You're not going to be perfect, but don't don't get upper teens. Keep it down to 10 or 11. You'll be okay. Get to the free throw line and make your free throws. They do that. LSU advances. Doable? Absolutely. Absolutely. But Virginia Tech's really good. And they're going to have their hands full guarding those perimeter players who can all get shots and knock them down. So we will see. I will have our predictions on that game um, later on in the show. All right, we'll take a quick time out here when we come back. Uh, Brian Kelly, we'll hear from him and what he had to say about another spring practice in the books next here after this. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Uh, if you want to see the world champs in person, you're in luck because the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our first Astros weekend getaway of the season. Houston takes on the Texas Rangers on Saturday, April 15th, and you can be there. Register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways, powered by Bookshire AC, Lay Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. At uh, 49 minutes after the hour, um, we've covered some LSU women's basketball still to come. We'll get a, a, a view and a review of last night's LSU 5-2 to win over Tennessee. Meanwhile, in the middle of all of this, spring football still going on. Brian Kelly uh, met with the media after practice yesterday, and we've got some sound for him. A lot of people wondering about the schedule and what's going to happen. Are, are, is there going to be a spring game? What, what is LSU going to do? Well, here's Brian Kelly's um, viewpoint on the schedule and the spring game. You know, we've been very, uh, I think, deliberate in terms of the way we've gone about our practice schedule, um, but but it functioned very similar. I think we probably have chopped maybe 10, 15 minutes off of a normal schedule, but but have done everything that we normally would do. I think we've just abbreviated it a little bit. And I think Brad's been really good in terms of making sure that, um, you know, his focus has been, you know, technique-oriented more so than um, a heavy dose of contact. And, and so I think that that's worked out pretty good. So, you know, going into this weekend, I think we, we're in a pretty good position where we're, you know, rotating too deep. Um, you know, there, there's going to be some spring game action. Now, if we abbreviate it and, and then, you know, maybe you see some situational work as well, um, you know, that's, that's on the table. But there'll be some, there'll be some live scrimmaging um, in, in the game. Um, but expect to see maybe some, 
you know, some situational work as well. Um, and, and, and maybe uh, we'll throw in a couple of other wrinkles in there, um, you know, to keep it uh, lively uh, for everybody. But um, I think we're in a pretty good position now as we get closer and closer um, to the halfway point that, that we'll be able to get uh, a good scrimmage in. Yeah, it's not going to be a game-like situation. I can promise you that. It's not going to happen. You can read between the tea leaves uh, on that one. Um, Harold Perkins is another point of emphasis, such a such a, a burgeoning star, so talented. He, you saw him against Arkansas affect the game single-handedly with his ability to get to the quarterback. But he wants to be a linebacker. The LSU plans on playing him as an inside linebacker. Here's Brian Kelly talking about Harold Perkins. Yeah, we want to play in linebacker. Um, you know, we, we got him on the field last year in an accelerated role based upon the fact that there, there was just too much for him to digest. And we didn't want to get in the way of, you know, too much meant, you know, paralysis by analysis, right? So uh, I thought Matt did a great job of making things uh, a lot smoother for him so we could get him on the field and let him play fast. Now it's, it's time to, to take the whole, um, you know, position and, you know, teach it. So, you know, he's a linebacker. He's going to play linebacker. Uh, and um, he's fully uh, invested in that position. So uh, you'll see him playing linebacker for us. Please let him rush the quarterback. Please let him rush the quarterback. Back in action, Miles Frazier, very key component to the offensive line. Brian Kelly updated his status. Yeah, he's had a good week. You know, he was back in the rotation today. Um, so, you know, missed missed a little bit of, of time, but I think it was just a, you know, a small hiccup in, in his development. So um, kind of stepped right in there didn't even notice he had been out okay that's good uh can't have enough depth on the offensive line you can't have enough depth and talent on the defensive line and kelly talked about its progress you know coach chapman uh as you as you know is is a you know uh, a well-credentialed um experienced uh, defensive line coach so you know obviously he's coaching um, you know, the, the interior um, defensive lineman uh, during the spring. We feel great about that. And then Coach Jancic is, is coaching the Jack. So um, from that perspective, um, you know, we'll go through the spring. Uh, and, and then, you know, obviously we're, you know, putting together our thoughts relative to, um, you know, do we hire – um, within, do we, we go outside? I, and I think all of our options are on the table. We, you know, we think uh, it's important that, um, you know, this is a position that we examine all options. Um, but again, we have, you know, outstanding coaches here and um, we want to be able to get through the spring and then, and then go from there. Okay. So there you have some thoughts, uh, Brian Kelly. Didn't say too, too much, kind of, you know, kind of keeping it close to the vest a little bit here and there. But what do you expect? What do you expect? So um, 
lot of expectations. Last year, there were none. None. This year, there's a ton. And we'll see how LSU evolves. And um, the big key is they got their quarterback back. That's the biggest key of all. Um, Now, which one of these freshmen are going to be an impact player like Harold Perkins was a year ago? I still think the wide receiver room needs to get better. And that defense is secondary. It's a whole new look. Can they mesh and blend and do on the football side what Kim Mulkey was able to do on the basketball side, take a bunch of people that didn't know one another from a man in the moon, got them all together, got them all to buy in and let their talents flourish. They started off, you know, football's different than basketball. Uh, You know, LSU had a non-conference schedule that wasn't very attractive, but there was a reason for it. And they got through it, and they started to blend. They started to mesh. They started to become cohesive. Football, you don't have that option, man. You you got to come out day one. Florida State, day one, boom. You got to be ready to go. So it's a whole completely different thing. And and one slip up can ruin your entire season until we get to that expanded playoff situation. So um, anyway, we'll keep up to speed on all that. Coming up, hour number two of the program, Mark Etheridge from D1 Baseball will join us. He was at the box last night to see that uh, that just really, really great for college baseball environment uh, that LSU came away with the 5-2 to two win thanks to uh, uh, Jordan Thompson with a three-run double that cleared the bases so that was that was critical george faust will join us from klfy we'll talk about the cajuns uh and then george becknell james mesh and i will make our final four picks and anything else that we can think of so a fun-filled second hour is on the way so sit tight come on back this is the jordy Helpberg show on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, and away we go on a Friday, March 31st, the year 2023. We covered the women's final four in hour number one. We've got a lot to talk about here in hour number two. My main man, James Mesh, in the producer's chair, broadcasting from the Evco Development Studios. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction, where he's on the campus of Delta Media, which is where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles, which is KLCJ, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Wow. Uh, The largest crowd in Alec Box Stadium history saw number one ranked LSU defeat 
number 10 ranked Tennessee, five to two. We were thrilled to have Mark Etheridge from D1 Baseball on yesterday to preview the game. He was in attendance. I thought, what the heck? Let's let's call him back up and see if he can kind of share his views on the atmosphere, the game. Did it live up to all the billing and everything? So Mark is kind enough to do that today prior to game two, which starts at six o'clock. So Mark, was it all that and a and a bag of chips? <laughs> yeah, it certainly was. You know, so often when we get these kinds of huge matchups, it it doesn't live up to it. And last night it really did. The the starting pitching was incredible. The velocity that we saw, even when even when the starters left and the, each team went to the bullpen, I mean, you were seeing you know high nineties with with sharp breaking stuff. I mean, it was it's really an elite. Uh, pitching performance on both sides. It, it was sort of a shame, you know, from a just from a, a, a observer standpoint, that the game turned on a mistake. Right? Tennessee yeah. made an error late, and, and LSU made them pay for it with, it with the biggest hit of the game, and that was the difference, really. Uh, if, if that mistake isn't made, they may they may play twelve, thirteen innings. I mean, <laughs> it, it was it was really that that even a game until that point. Did Paul Skeens make himself some money last night? Woo! Yeah. <laughs> he was, you know, I saw him opening weekend. A lot of a lot of guys are good one time, but, I mean, he's been like this every game, regardless of the competition. And, and you know, it's he is so good at just repeating his delivery at, Focusing on the batter and not letting all of you know whether it's a base runner or a crowd or the, the the moment, nothing affects this kid. He, he's really really different, right? Most of us kind of you know our heart rate goes up and we get a little bit little bit excited and our performance uh-huh. can change and and not with him. I mean he's the same, and and, and I'll tell you what, he is as good a college pitcher to this point in the season. Is I can remember seeing. I mean, it's been a long time. Um, granted, he, he he's going to have to continue to do that over the course of the year. But have right. you seen anything to this point that that would lead you to believe he won't? I mean, he's, I mean, he, he's he's just been phenomenal. Mark, his his strikeout to walk ratio is absurd. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, and not only that, but nobody's getting any hits off of him. I mean. And then if you do get somebody on base, I mean, he didn't care. He just he'll just strike out the next three guys, right? I mean, it's just that's right. Nothing phases him. Man, he gave up a run. Now his ERA is. Just, I mean, he may have to go to the bullpen. His ERA is zero point eight one. I mean, come on, Paul. What's wrong yeah, with it's you? Terrible. Yeah, it's I mean, terrible. It's kind of like Dylan Cruz. You know, I, I joked last night. At one point in the game, he was 0 for 2, and I joked, well, that's the biggest slump he's been in all year, right? right. I mean, it's the same kind of thing going on. You know, he, he his average dipped to 529. I mean, yeah. think about that for a minute. Uh, he, you know, almost 90 at bats, and you're, you're getting a hit in half of them. Um, you've been to a lot of ballparks. Try to describe to our listeners the atmosphere in that uh, uh, at the box. It absolutely affected the game. It, it did. Um, there were 13,000-plus there. Yep, yep. And it sure seemed like, you know, because I, I think it helped that it was 
such a, a low-scoring game where you knew that any that next play might be the one that, that impacts the game. And and I felt like that the, the home crowd was just waiting for a chance to erupt. And boy, when when Jordan Thompson got that double to the to the gap to clear the bases, that that was as loud a a baseball stadium as you're going to get. Um, it, it was incredible, and, and it was loud on the home run. But I, I think the, with the bases clearing late in the game, in the way that you know it happened, a two out error, and then some kind of fluky things, and then a you know a, a, a hit batter. I think it was just sort of building, and there was an expectation that something was about to happen. And then when that ball cleared the outfielders, it was yeah, it was pandemonium, man. It, it was. <laughs> It was a really cool place to experience, and something that people there—you're not going to—you're not going to forget that. It, it was one of no. those moments. No, Mark Etheridge, D1 Baseball, with us. We all talked about the Skeens Dolander matchup. Tonight's matchup in Chop Liver: Ty Floyd versus Chase Burns. Uh, tell me what you anticipate. Well, I, you know, last night LSU had the advantage on the mound. Um, I think that flips tonight. Uh, Chase Burns is a really electric kind of guy. I mean, he's kind of like what we saw last night. I mean, he's, yeah. he's going to throw 98-99. He's got a wipeout slider. It's going to be a lot of strikeouts. Um, he'll give up a few hits because he just challenges you. I mean, he's just coming right at you. And so it will be a great uh, matchup against LSU's lineup because, you know, LSU can swing it. So mm-hmm. that, that's, a, that's a really cool part of, of this. And I think on the other side with, with, with Floyd, he's – you know, he, he's capable of matching Burns, absolutely. And Tennessee's lineup maybe isn't quite as strong as, as LSU's is. So, to me, it's whose advantage is going to matter the most. Is it Tennessee's pitching advantage or LSU's offensive advantage? And whichever mm-hmm. way that, that tilts, I think, decides this game. Okay. Um, it's, what a surprising league it is. Ole Miss is 0-6. Mississippi State is 0-7. And on the flip side, yeah. South Carolina is 7-0 and Vanderbilt 6-0. and um, What a league this year. What a league. Yeah, it's, it, there have been some, some different storylines that we expected. I mean, Kentucky is playing really well. South Carolina is playing well. Missouri, you know, swept Tennessee earlier in the year. Yeah. There's been a lot of volatility, right? Things that you don't really expect. And then you mentioned the Mississippi schools and specifically Mississippi State. I mean, they're just not, they're not playing a very good brand of baseball. No. They played better last night. Um, they still had some, some, you know, self-inflicted issues, but they were in the game and, and they were competitive. And I think that's a step in the right direction because they really haven't been against Vanderbilt that they weren't in the games and some of the Kentucky series, they weren't in the games. So um, they just need something good to happen. They need some luck, right? And and you know how it is when, when bad things happen and you just sort of kind of expect them to continue to happen. And and that's, uh, that's what they're going through right now. I'm really going to be curious because there's a women's basketball game in the final four at the same time that the LSU baseball uh, team is going. I still think the place will be packed. I still think it'll be um, another one of those. And, and what I'm sure Jake Johnson hopes to your point that it absolutely affects the game. Um, we'll see two good baseball teams though, two well-coached yeah. teams. And I mean, the separation's not that much. It certainly wasn't last night, and and I think that's probably what we're going to see the rest of the weekend. It's hard to – I know LSU's the favorite, and, and 
it's hard to imagine them taking both of these next two. I kind of expect they'll split these next two, but but that's why they play the game, right? As as we've seen, there's been a lot of unpredictable results, and and it'll it'll be a it'll be good theater the rest of the rest of the series. Are my are my uh, friends at LSU? I went to school there. Are they treating you nicely? Are they feeding you well? Okay. Oh yeah, I mean this is this is one of the best places, you know, as as a you know, as a sports writer to come and visit. I mean, there's, there's plenty of stories. There's great food. The last night, the atmosphere was incredible. I mean, it's, it, it's certainly one of my favorite places to visit. You're the best. Mark, I, I'm not going to bother you. Um, I can't thank you enough. Like you said, it's always fun talking ball and what a game it was. It lived up to the billing. The pitching was outstanding. There was drama. Uh, the crowd was just I mean, you couldn't fit another person in the place. Yeah. Um, how, what, what, you can't get any better for college baseball. That's awesome. Yeah, that's good as it gets last night. Okay, buddy. Thank you. Enjoy game two tonight at 6 o'clock, uh, and we'll see what happens from there. But uh, enjoy your stay down in, uh, in old Red Stick, buddy, and thank you very much. Absolutely. Have a good one. All right. Mark Etheridge, D1 Baseball. Game two again tonight, 6 o'clock on the game. A pre-game show, 5.30. First pitch a little after 6. LSU goes for the series win tonight. And then if they get that, then they'll try and get greedy and win all three on Saturday. We shall see. We shall see. We'll take a timeout when we come back. The king of KLFY, George Faust, next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The world-famous Harlem Globetrotters are returning to the Cajun Dome Saturday, April 15th. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to help you score tickets to the thrilling show. Text GLOBE to 337-283-8100 to score a family four-pack of tickets. That's GLOBE, G-L-O-B-E, to 337-283-8100. Shoot a text, get your tickets, have some fun watching the Globetrotters. Handle it. Throw it. Shoot it, dunk it, and all their laugh-out-loud antics. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hello, George. How are you, sir? Doing great. Doing great. How are you? Awesome. I am terrific. Glory. Um, got women's basketball tonight. LSU, Tennessee, great series in baseball, and and the Cajuns. Heck, they're they're only winning at a seventy-two percent clip. They're five and one in the conference. They've won two in a row. They've got App State coming to town tonight. So, uh, give me your assessment of raging Cajun baseball. Twenty-five games into it, I, I, I've been thoroughly impressed with the uh, the the, uh, the way the Cajuns have been able to kind of put together a nice streak. I think Julian Brock is, is a guy that, uh, you mm-hmm. know, people need to kind of circle when they go to the game, circle that guy, watch behind the plate, that just uh, the way he hits the ball, the way he catches it, he controls the, the, the staff. Uh, he does a phenomenal job. So I really, I, I, I'm impressed with his play. He's one of my 
Every year I kind of have these favorite players that pop up. Last year with right. PR, uh, this year I think I, I, I kind of like the way he plays, uh, J, uh, JB. And uh, I, I just uh, it, it, I, I'm partial to catchers kind of a little bit too because that's what I played growing up. So okay. uh, I, li- I like to see the way they, they kind of command their pitching staff and, and, you know, he can do everything it seems like, but uh, I, I'm, I've been really impressed with the, with the, with the grit of this team. And I, I love to watch Matt Deggs coach, uh, Matt Deggs coached team because you know, you're getting uh, some grit. You're getting some, uh, some so, uh, in the words of the great less miles, you're getting some wants, you know, you're getting that, the uh, <laughs> They want to, huh? They want, yeah. want to. They 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 want to be out there. They want to play. They they're scrappy. They're going to go do what they need to do. So I, I'm pretty. You know, look, series a big series win a week ago, right? At South Alabama on the road. That's that's that was a huge get for them because you know, one South Alabama's one of those story programs. Last week, you know, you do you win two or three. You keep yep. trying to build. You keep on winning series. You, you just keep grinding, and then look up at the end of the year and go, "Oh, look, look where we're at, top of the mountain yeah. or close yeah. to it." So, uh, right. That, that's that's my initial. So, I mean, I got you. Uh, uh, look, I, look, they 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 lost the opener to South Alabama, twelve to eleven. So the offense was there, the pitching wasn't, and they just kept swinging the bats. I mean, twenty-two to five, and then ten to six. I mean, my goodness, uh, on a doubleheader day, that that's some offense, man. Yeah, look, they, they one thing we know about a Matt Beggs coach team is that, is that they they they'll be able to swing the bats. Uh, I mean, we've seen it in the past. I mean, you you saw it at his previous stops as a head coach. Uh, they they're able to swing the stick, and so uh, that that same aggressive attitude comes comes to pass here uh, this season. And it looks that way. I mean, uh, the only thing I would say is you know don't waste so many runs. I mean, if you don't need that many, ah, let's let's hold it for the next day. You know, <laughs> uh, the Cajuns are five and one in conference play. As I said, they're tied with Old Dominion. Uh, big series because App State's at four and two, but they're thirteen and ten overall. Um, so you know, if you just keep swinging the bats, you, you'll be you'll be in really really good shape. So this is a good team uh, with a chance to win uh, a regular season conference uh, championship. So that's that's pretty darn good. Uh, any yeah. any update at all on spring football? I know you were in the throes of basketball and everything, and now baseball. But um, what are you hearing from spring football with Coach Dez? I just think there's a, there's a, a renewed excitement. Uh, surrounding uh, what these guys are able to do, uh, and hopefully what they can, uh, what kind of they can push forward, and, and kind of in year two here of uh, Coach Dez, uh, what what's the next step we're taking? You know, they always say the the first the the, the week between one and two is that's the most improvement for a team. Right. Well, maybe right. uh, for the for Coach Dez, maybe it's in between year one and two. Uh, uh, they'll see the most improvement. I think there's a, there's a lot of renewed excitement uh, with regards to the Cajuns. And, and, and I, I might have said this before to you, Jordy. I, I'm not sure if I have or not, but if I have, I apologize. Uh, but it, I, I think the, the, the schedule for the Cajuns this year kind of favors them a little bit, right? I mean, uh, you're, you're not playing these, these huge 
I mean, there's a couple of games where you might be like, all right, that's going to be a tough one. But there's no game on there that I look at and I'm like, uh, you know, uh, that's a definite L. I mean, there, 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 there's, a, there's a few that are going to be challenging, no doubt, because the Sun Belt can't be a challenging conference. But uh, I, I, I like the way the schedule sets up for the Cajuns over, over the next season here uh, in year two with Coach Dez. That's awesome. Um, congratulations to Bob Marlin, who apparently has uh, agreed to a multi-year extension with the university. I don't know what the details are. Have you heard any more about how long or anything like that? I, I have not. I've talked to Coach Marlin. He said they still have to iron out uh, some of the details. I talked to him actually last night. Uh, okay. And uh, he's he's in Houston for the Final Four. And uh, so uh, – I intend fully on the chatting with him a little bit more about it, but he did tell me that there, there, there's an extension in the works, and, and he is he's excited about the, what, what's coming back and what, what the future looks like for next season. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, look, he, he, he earned that, right? I mean, he, he was, his back was against the wall. There's no doubt about it, right? I mean, people were, people were counting him out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, wanted him to kind of, you know, uh, fly off into the the gentle night, and uh, he wasn't ready. You know, he's he's got he's still got a lot to prove. He's, he's one of the uh, better coaches in the Sun Belt Conference. He's yeah. the best winning, the most the winningest coach, the most winningest in that redundant, uh, but uh, the winningest <laughs> coach. Uh, and, and so so yeah, coach. I, look. He's he's done a phenomenal job. Did a great job of getting these guys in a position to to win this year. Got to the tournament. Something you know we said last year. You know you got to the championship game. Nobody expected you to, and you right. lost. And uh, and then now every uh, everything was on you, and you delivered. So yeah. for him to be able to, to to have have that success when his back was against the wall was pretty impressive. And it's kind of like in the NFL, right, <laughs> where. You know, you, you, a free agent comes up and he's like, hey, I got my free agent year. So you look at the roster. How many free agents do we have coming up next year? Oh, that our team's going to be pretty good because all these guys are going to want to perform. And uh, Coach Marlin performed for the Cajun. You know, I'm, I'm, I always – my biggest critique was not his basketball acumen, but the fact that it seemed like the program and the fan base surrounding the program had just become dormant. Um, you see what Kim Mulkey's done at LSU in such a short period of time. They're winning and and they're getting 14,000 people in, in the arena. You see LSU baseball against Tennessee, uh, uh, 13,000 people to watch a baseball game. You can't get another right. person in the seat. Bob is Bob. Bob is not going to be that person that's going to evoke a lot of of energy and enthusiasm to the media and to the masses. Can can basketball generate a good fan base and 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 get more than two thousand people on a nightly basis to watch a team that's generally a really good team? Yeah, look, I, I honestly believe that they can because in the end, it's it's about winning, and so when you they need to cash in on this, right? I mean. Right now, they've gotten they got to the tournament. They played a, a, a tough Tennessee team to, to three points in the tournament in the first round. Yeah, you know, I'm sure Dr. Maggard's already working on like, hey, let's get some season tickets, things going, packages, whatever you got to do to make. But yes, 
I understand what you're saying because Coach Marlin's been here a minute. It seems like there's there's the excitement level kind of tailed off a little. Look, right. Winning cures all, and so I I would be shocked if we at some point next season we're not looking at four thousand in there. Uh, on a on a it, it should be on a regular basis, Jordy. It really yeah. should. The way I and I, I get what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I I, I think uh, what, if you put the product out there to win, then I, I then then they, they'll they'll come. It's a kind of that if you build the table, yeah. come type of thing. Right. Uh, right. So that's what that that's my personal uh, belief. I think I think winning helps. I think the problem's been. I mean, it was 2014. That was nine. That's nine years before in between tournament appearances. They can't. Yeah. They can't have that kind of stretch again. I don't right. think that stretch. And you, you have something like that again that you might have to uh, start, uh, you know, examining the program a little bit. But mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. I think they have a team in place if everything holds true to what what Coach Mullins kind of built right now. I think you have a team that can consistently, you know, be in that championship game in the Sun Belt and win the Sun Belt, which is what you got to do in this league to get to the tournament. I think there's a possibility there for for, for that excitement that you're talking about because yeah. I, I, I I understand there they've been some dormant years and that that right. creates apathy, and so but now that's not the case. And two years yeah. in the championship game of the Sun Belt Conference, one win in it. You're in the. I mean, things. <laughs> I mean, that that's per, that's pretty positive. You know, that's pretty positive. Yeah. Bob's not going to go knock on fraternity house doors and say, "Come see the games." He's not going to go passing out red nets around the city to get people interested. <laughs> that's just not his personality, uh, and so I'm not right. faulting him for that. That's just who it is. Um, so marketing, the marketing department has to do a better job to offset that and come up with some creative ideas to get people into the arena. Then once they see how they play, maybe they'll come back again and again and again. Well, and, and to, I mean, I understand that the Cadence are a mid-major program, but that's, that's not really a coach's job. I, I, I think Bob is at a position where he's like, look, I, I'm past that, I, you know. I, yeah. I don't have. I shouldn't have to do that. And, and you're right. So now marketing. Hey, let's let's take it to the next level in, in, in the marketing department here. That's right. And let's That's uh, right. let's put well, t-shirts good. out on the on the like. You know, you go to a Pell's game and you're you're enthralled, right? I mean, the, the excitement level's there. I know it's yeah. the NBA, but still, you know, they have got the shirts out. They got the uh, whatever name it. They got the board that they go Pell's, and you know, That's right. you're shaking all. You know. And, so that there's something that you can create some excitement, no doubt about it. I'm with you. All right, um, George, you have a good weekend and uh, all right. Watch all the stuff and keep doing a great job for KLFY. Uh, you know, wh- wh- what color coat and tie you got on tonight, big guy? Uh, I'm actually, uh, I, if everything holds true, I'm going to go be watching. I'm going to go try and watch some high school lacrosse tonight uh, at STM. They take on against Catholic High, Baton Rouge. Yeah. And, uh, so that, so that's gonna, I, I, you know, they they don't get a lot of love lacrosse. So uh, it's an interesting dynamic with that with the lacrosse team at STM. They have three former Louisiana ice skaters have the their kids playing on wow. on that STM lacrosse team. So let me just give, uh, let me story, give you that's a story I'm working on. So. 
Let me give you fair warning. Catholic yeah. is good in lacrosse. They're very good. good. Nice. Very good. Nice. Well, that's, that's good. I'll be watching a great game. And I, my there nephew plays lacrosse in North Carolina. They won a state championship last year. I was Cape hoping Fear you were going so, I was hoping uh, you were going to tell me you're going to, you were going to wear one of Kim Mulkey's Sparkle City jackets on the air tonight. Come on, man. Spice <laughs> it up a little bit. George Fowles, you, you, you want me to do it? Uh, I'll, no. I'll check my wardrobe. Have a good weekend, buddy. Thank you so much. All right, Jordan. Good talking to you. You take care. We'll be back. Um, picks. It's time for picks. Next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Brought to you each and every day by ShopRite. Tobacco Plus discount outlets. Over 60 of them in southern and central Louisiana. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you can't shop right at all. By Ducks Cleaning America's Air from the inside out. By Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon in Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery. You can't win until you start playing. D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli in the corner, home of the best cheeseburger ever. And by Cajun Chef. Oh, it's crawfish season. Do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest. The best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Favorite segment of the week. Favorite day of the week. It's Friday. It's time for picks. James Mesh back in the Evco Development Studios in the producer's chair. My good friend, George Becknell. Where in the heck is George these days joining us now? George, good afternoon, sir. Hey, good afternoon, Jordy. I'm uh, I'm out here in Fort Worth, Texas this weekend, but I'm, I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to to participate in my favorite part of the week. <laughs> Fort Worth, Texas. I, that's pretty uh, pretty darn close to where the LSU women's basketball team is going to be playing tonight. So we, we've got some games. we got Final Fours on the men's side, the women's side. We've got a big baseball series in Baton Rouge, and the Pels are still alive. So let's get down to it. And let's start with the first game in the women's Final Four, LSU and Virginia Tech. George, your thoughts. Well, Jordan, I, I love the momentum that the, that the Laden Tigers are playing with. I feel like they they, they defend well, they rebound well. Um, we got a bona fide star. I th- I think the Tigers win this game. It's a statement game. They win this by at least fifteen, and they move Ooh. on to the final. Wow. Okay. Uh, they will do what no other LSU team, basketball team, men or women have ever done, and that's to win a Final Four game. That would be great. All right, J- um, James Mesh, your thoughts on the semifinal? Yeah, LSU's defense has been excellent the last few games, and even though the offense hasn't played well, they've still done enough to win. I think at this point you can still continue that good defense, but I think they're due for a good offensive game, so I don't know if they'll absolutely blow out Virginia Tech, but I'm definitely going to take the Tigers to go to the national championship. 
They can't shoot any worse than they did the last game. Uh, Patrick Wright, who's seen them all season long, said the key, if they shoot it just a little bit over 40%, they'll win. LSU's going to shoot better than 40%. They're going to rebound. They're going to defend. If they can just keep Reese Morris out of foul trouble, They'll be fine. They 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 play more players. They're deeper. They got more size along the lines. Um, I just think they're the better team, even though Virginia Tech seated higher. I, I really like LSU in this one. All right, the second game will feature the best team, the undefeated South Carolina Gamecocks versus the best player in the tournament, Caitlin Clark from Iowa. South Carolina is a double-digit favorite in this thing. Um, can Iowa keep it close, George? Jordan, uh, let me tell you something. Caitlin Clark can go for 40 points tonight, and Iowa will not win this game. Yeah. South Carolina is the best team, best women's team I've seen in a very, very long time. They don't have any holes. They don't have any, any weaknesses. Uh-huh. No, Iowa does not have a shot. Okay, South Carolina rolls and remains undefeated, and according to George, that will be an all-SEC final. James, your thoughts? Yeah, for me, I mean, Caitlin Clark, no disrespect to her. She's definitely the best player right now for the women's basketball tournament and has been all season. But, I mean, a one-woman show isn't going to get you to the national title. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah. This is a, this is a full-blown squad. There's a reason why South Carolina is as good as they are. I mean, even though they have Aaliyah Boston, they still have other players like Aaliyah Cook and Camilla Cordoso to also handle that team as well. So there's also another reason why they are double-digit favorites in this game. So I definitely yeah. got to take the Gamecocks in this one. Uh, really good defensive club. Iowa has nobody to stop Aaliyah Boston. She's just she's just, a, she's just too big, too physical. Um, it, it, it'll be fun to watch. Caitlin Clark is not only a terrific scorer, but, man, she can pass the basketball. She's worth the price of admission. But I'm with y'all. Uh, we're unanimous. It's going to be an all-SEC final with LSU and South Carolina uh, come Sunday afternoon. The men tip off on Saturday in Houston, and it's the most unlikely of Final Fours. Uh, we'll start with the first semifinal game, which is Florida Atlantic, a team that really likes to get up and go against San Diego State, a team that uh, lives and dies on the defensive end of the court. George, who do you like? Well, Jordan, I, I like San Diego State, and I'm going to tell you why. I feel like they, they defend well, and when you take good shots, and you shoot the ball particularly well, like San Diego State does, that limits the fast break opportunity, and mm -hmm. they defend really, really well again. So I like Brian Dutcher, um, part of the Fab Five coaching staff, and right. San Diego State to get it done uh, in advance of the championship game. Okay. Uh, James? For me I – I think I had San Diego State out in the first round. I think I had I had I think I had them losing in the first round doing upset, but I, I may be doing it again. I'm I'm gonna take Florida Atlantic on this one, even though I had them losing in the Sweet Sixteen. They've made a lot farther than I thought they would, and quite a few people even took Florida Atlantic to win the whole thing. I don't know if they'll be able to do that, but I'm gonna change it up a little bit and go with Florida Atlantic. Okay, Ooh. um, boy, it's a tough one. 
I just like the length and the size. Um, I like San Diego State. I think they're tough. I think they're physical. Uh, I think they'll get on the boards. So give me San Diego State to advance to Monday where they'll play who, George? Will it be Miami <laughs> or UConn? Well, Jordan, all indication would say UConn, but I, I don't I don't think so. I, I, I like Miami in this one. I like the tempo they play with. They're a scrappy team. They uh they erased a pretty big deficit in the Elite Eight. I, I don't know, for no reason at all other than I'm trusting my gut. Mm-hmm. They play Miami in the national title game. Okay. Uh James, the Hurricanes or the Huskies? I'm gonna go with the Huskies on this one. I mean, throughout the whole tournament. Every game for them has been an absolute blowout. The most they've given up all the whole tournament is 65 to Arkansas, and the lowest they've scored has been 70. I'm not saying that this one's going to be a blowout, but I'm definitely going to go with UConn, and I'm taking UConn and FAU to be in the final. Okay, I'm going to go inside with George on this one. I like Miami. I think this is a team that has players that can score on every level. They can they can they all handle the ball well. They all can shoot. They can all drive to the basket. And I love Jim Laranega. I I, I kind of he's different in in regards, but it's kind of to me like a, uh, like the old Al McGuire at Marquette. He's getting up in age. He took George Mason to the Final Four. Now he's got Miami there. Um, he's in his seventies. He can coach. He's a good guy. The players love him. I, I'm gonna go with Miami. Um, to survive and advance in Miami against San Diego State. So so we'll see and go from there. Um, shift over to baseball. Uh, what a pitching matchup it was. What a crowd it was. Over 13,000, the largest ever at the box. Saw LSU beat Tennessee 5-2, to two, game two today. We talked to our D1 baseball analyst. He thought that LSU had the advantage on the mound last night. He thinks that reverses tonight. No offense to Ty Floyd. Um, two really good teams. George, how do you see tonight's matchup going? Well, Jordan, I, I see tonight's matchup a, a little different. I don't, I don't think the you're going to see the pitching matchup you saw last night. I think you're going to see a little bit more runs. But uh, I, I just feel like LSU offensively is just better than Tennessee. This period. So even though Tennessee may have, you know, according to that guy, that the, the pitching advantage, I don't necessarily think that equals a win for the Volunteers. So I think LSU comes out. It kind of reminds you of the old school '90s gorilla ball back in the day, and I think they put up at least seven, eight runs tonight, and they, and they get a W. All right, James Mesh. For tonight's game, I think Tennessee is able to even out the series, but once we get to tomorrow's contest, LSU is just going to absolutely win it and end up taking the series. I think Tennessee is a really good squad, definitely yeah. a great top ten matchup, but LSU to me, they're number one for a reason. They're gonna win best two out of three and win the series. Okay, I, I'm. You know what? I'm. I guess I, I believe in the crowd. I believe in the effect mm-hmm. it has. Um, players may not say it from the opposing team, but I, I really believe it, it's a factor. Uh, and I think Ty Floyd is kind of like, hey, nobody's talking about me. Nobody's giving me any any love or anything like that. Plus, Dylan Cruz only went one for four last night, so he's going to be and dropped his average down to five twenty nine. My <laughs> goodness gracious, what's wrong with him? <laughs> Tommy White gets hit by a pitch. He's fired up. 
up. He's angry. I I, I like LSU tonight. I, I like LSU to win it. And I, I think they go for a sweep on Saturday. Uh, at least I hope so. At least I hope so. Okay. Y'all got to help me out because I, you know, I keep counting them out and they, my, my goodness gracious, the Pels have won seven of their last 10. They won in LA against the Clippers. I know, I know the Nuggets didn't have Jokic. And, you know, I don't care. I don't care. You got to play who you got to play. And they won again. So they won two out of four on the road. And now they're 39 and 38. And they're in seventh place with five to go. They have the Clippers coming back to the Smoothie King Center on Saturday. George, give me some give me some love for the Pels. What do you think? Well, absolutely. I just saw Russell Westbrook score 36 and 10 against the Memphis Grizzlies. And I think he shot five for five from the three-point line. I love Westbrook, but that's not happening. So, and if it takes that type of effort for the Clippers to get a W, I think that bodes well for our Pelicans. So, and, and then Brandon Ingram's been playing out of his mind. You've been yeah. getting a lot of help from Trey Murphy and all those guys. I think the Pelicans win this game, and and for I don't know how they did it, but they're going to make the playoffs. So, the Pelicans get this W tonight. All right. Uh, it's Saturday night, by the way, so don't be trying. I know you're in Fort Worth, but yeah. <laughs> Saturday night. James, uh, Clippers at home, they just beat them on mm-hmm. the road. What do you think happens in the return match? Uh, it's a it's a big-time matchup. With this game and the last game of the regular season, because they got to go at Minnesota, those yeah. are two big games. They're all kind of clumped in the West. Those are the two most important of the five because it's like – you want to win at least one between New York, Memphis, and Sacramento and try and go three and two overall. But your most important games are the Clippers and the Timberwolves at this point to try. Because if you can win both of those and get another one, I think you'll end up escaping potentially out of the playing tournament altogether and you can just get into it with a six seed. Uh, and it looked really good last time they played the Clippers. I think they can replicate that again tomorrow night and get another win. Well, George is out. Uh, they got Kawhi Leonard. Couple uh, uh, look. Um, the key to me is Ingram's not going to get a thirty-one point, eleven rebound, ten assist night all the time. He got that last night against Denver. Okay, that's terrific. Uh, but if Valanciunas can give you fifteen and twelve, that's terrific. If Murphy can give you fifteen. If McCullum can shoot the ball decent, a, you know, in the in the forty percent range and get you twenty three, that's good. I like the Pels um, in this thing. They've got to make a stand now that they're at home, and uh, and we'll see what they do. But I like them against uh, the Clippers. I really, really do. So so we'll see. Um, so back to the final fours. We both have all three of us have LSU versus South Carolina. What can they possibly? George, can it possibly happen? Jordan, if if that miracle on ice American hockey team beat the Russians, <laughs> South Carolina could lose. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm gonna be a homer in this one. Okay. I, I think I, I think AJ Wilson goes off. I, I I like LSU girls to take this title and one for Kim Mokey. So give it a give me the Lady Tigers and the upset to win the national title. Amazing. That would be amazing. Uh, James, what do you think? I uh, I'm, I might be a little bit of a homer as well, but I'm going to take LSU in this one, try and get revenge from what happened earlier in the season when they got really punched in the mouth, make it a lot closer for sure. So I'm going to take LSU. Uh, uh, I hope you all are right. <laughs> what the heck? Let's just, let's just, just make it unanimous. 
let's just throw it to the wind and, and let's see what Mulkey wears tonight and what she wears on Sunday. And, uh, and let's just, what the heck, why not? Why not? Uh, on the men's side, James, you got Florida Atlantic and UConn who wins it all. I'm going to take UConn. All right, George, you got San Diego state and Miami who wins it all. Defense win championships, Jordan. Give me San Diego State. Guards win titles. Give me Miami and Jim Laranaga <laughs> to cut down the nets. Enjoy the weekend, boys. Thank you so much, man. Go have fun in Dallas, Fort Worth. And uh, James, we'll be back to wrap it all up after this. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The Karen Crow Cultural District invites you to a free family event that celebrates the spring season and Easter. The downtown Karen Crow Spring Festival is this Saturday from 11 to 3 at the Patriots Pavilion behind City Hall in downtown Karen Crow. There'll be an Easter egg hunt, games and activities, cookie decorating crafts, local food, and more. So come out this Saturday to the downtown Karen Crow Spring Festival. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. All right, time for us to get on out of here. Special thanks to our guest Patrick Wright in Dallas for the final four. Mark Berman in the same spot. Uh, Mark Etheridge talking LSU Tennessee baseball. George Faust, George Becknell, and my main man, James Mesh. If today is your birthday, March 31st, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share yours with, I need more cowbell. I gotta have more cowbell. Christopher Walken is 79 years old today. He's so talented, so talented. Um, and from the Partridge family, Shirley Jones, 88 years young today. So happy birthday to all of them. Uh, happy birthday to you. Hope you have some cake, have some ice cream, have some fun. We got lots to watch. You can listen to LSU baseball here on the game. We got the women's final four on television. What a night, what a night, what a night. We'll come back Monday. We'll recap it all for you. Man, good luck, Kim Mulkey. Good luck. Angel Reese, Alexis Morris, and all those girls. Good luck. What a golden opportunity. What it's been a it's been a fun ride. I hope it uh I hope it hasn't reached the finish line yet. I hope there's another day to play. So we look forward to all of that. And um so have a great uh, rest of your Friday and even better weekend. Come back back Monday, same time, two to four, same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then. I'm Jordy Helpert. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and um, be happy. Be happy. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh is next. Until next time, have a great, great one. So long, everybody.